Hello. You guys are hard to rein in. <laughs> they were just, that was going and y'all are chatting and I love it because you're excited to be here. Um, if you don't have a seat, we are at capacity today, which means you can come up here in the front row Joe seats. So if you don't have a seat, just come on down. We got lots of spots up here. Um, okay, I'm going to pray for us. Okay. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these women. Thank you for the husbands that are also here. And um, Lord, I just love how you deploy your people, um, the gifts, the talents, the um, ways you create us and you bring us together to help um, just make an atmosphere for people to come to learn more about you and how that is going to influence our parenting. And we thank you for that. We pray over today that your word would be spoken and truth would be spoken and that our hearts would be open to hear it. And so in your name we pray. Amen. Well, who actually listened to the video? Anybody? Okay, you're crying because that was amazing. If you didn't, then I'm sorry. You missed it because it was really good. Um, ladies, that's what it's all about. And those and that video... Um, those older kids were talking about and reminding you, Hey mom, I need you. I need you to point me to Christ when nobody else does. And right now you might have a nursing baby and last night you were up four times or you have a toddler that's throwing tantrums because they want a lollipop before breakfast. You know, that might be your season right now. Um, but someday that's where they're going to be. And so right now is the training ground for that. And so we're glad you're here. That's what The Nest is all about. If you're a first-time visitor, we're so glad that you're here. Um, the Nest, we exist, we exist to help nurture, encourage, strengthen, and train you so you can go home and do that with your families. Um, we want to help you raise the next generation of Christ followers. And so we're glad that you're here. A few things I want to draw your attention to before we get started. Um, on, your, on your trays in front of you, um, there's something super fabulous. There's a new card here that says, it's our mentor moms to remind you who they are. Their, their pictures are there. They love that, by the way. They love having their pictures on this. Um, just so you can know who they are, they're waiting for you to call, email them, ask them questions. If you don't have resources in your life already, they're there. We're starting something called Nest at Noon. Listen very clearly. Nest at noon. It is the Tuesday following our events. So the next one, the first one will be next Tuesday at noon down in the coffee shop. If your kids happen to be in some sort of preschool program, fabulous. Bring your lunch and you can sit and have a conversation with adult women about any burning questions you have about raising kids. They will be there. If your kids are not in some sort of preschool and they're with you, bring them with their lunches. Y'all can head to the tree fort, play, and the mentor moms, at least two, will be there to just be available for you to ask questions about this event or just any other burning parenting child care question you have. Um, so pay attention to that and mark your calendar. That's going to be worth your time. I guarantee it. Um, also, we have new little uh, postcards um, for the nest. Take some. Um, if you need more, we'll have them at the check-in table in the back. We'd love to encourage you to invite your friends, your neighbors, your peers, um, or even take it for yourself because the dates are all on the back so you don't forget the dates. Um, our next event is October 10th. No, October 3rd. Ignore me. October 3rd. Um, Jeannie Cox, we're super pumped to have her teaching us. And her topic, she's going to be talking about abide or collide, learning to loosen the grip of control. <laughs> that applies to all of us, just so you know. So be here. Um, it's going to be great. Um, I think that's there. I found, was somebody turned into me a really cute little hair bow if this is your daughter's? 
Come find me. Also, um, some childcare tags were found in the potty. So if you're missing your, they probably had in your back pocket and it fell out because I do that all the time. So if you're missing them, I have them for you. I'll be in the back. Um, I think that's it. Ladies, we're so pumped that you're here. Um, seated at your tables are some other fabulous women. Remember, not everybody comes um, to this church. We have a lot of guests that visit us for the nest, and there's also a lot of first-timers. So we would love for you to sit around, introduce yourselves, um, and get to know one another, and we'll get started in about five minutes. All right, ladies, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, it's so funny. I didn't even know to turn on the mic when my husband is the tech director <laughs> Watermark. So, yeah. Um. He's probably thinking I'm silly. Anyway, um, so glad that y'all are here. We're excited to kick off this year at the nest. And if you haven't noticed, some of you have um, wonderful, cute little abide signs. Abide is our theme for the year. And our heart is that you would fully embrace over these next coming months of what it means to walk fully with Christ and to to abide in him. And I was going to go through John 15, um, but since the Wimberley's outline is here, it looks like they're going to cover that for you. Um, and in John 15, 1 through 17 truly kind of is our theme this year. Um, so if you get a chance to abide today and just sit at Jesus' feet in the five minutes of silence that you get today hiding in the bathroom, um, I never do that ever. Um, then my hope for you is that you would um, go ahead and read that and just kind of sit in it. And maybe it's sit in it with us this year at the nest. Because I think we often forget what it looks like to abide daily with Christ. But there's, there's key words in this scripture, John 15, um, is the pruning that God does. And so on the days when it's difficult, I just want to remind you that that is pruning and it is difficult. And I think parenting and motherhood, there's lots of pruning that goes on in that because we get to see just the sinful nature of our children, of ourselves, responding to them and just discipline in general. And uh, often we want comfort. We want parenting to be easy. We want our days to go without a hitch. And with kids, with their own will and um, their own desires, it often doesn't go that way. And so how to abide in the chaos and in the craziness, um, our hope is that you would discover that this year. So there's pruning, um, but when we abide, it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And so our hope is that you wouldn't slug out the days of parenthood, of motherhood today. And I know that it's so difficult and it's so hard. I get it. it it's crazy hard. The lack of sleep, um, kids running off in different directions, just trying to get here today. I saw it on some of your faces. Like, come on, kid. Just let's get with the program. I'm supposed to be here leading a table. Come on. <laughs> and they never want to be on your program. We often at our family say, okay, are we going to be on Team Abby today? Are we going to be on Team Mommy today? Are we going to be on Team Brown? And very rarely are we on Team Brown. Um, the better thing would be, are we going to be on Team God today? But everybody wants to be on their own team and do their own thing. So it is very difficult, and, it's, and we want to be on our own team. So it is hard to abide. But if we do, if we allow God to dwell in us richly, we will have joy even on those difficult days. We'll be able to smile knowing, God, you're pruning me right now. And it is painful, and I really want to cry right now, but I know that much fruit is being produced from this crazy day. And that this other word is withers. When we're not abiding with Christ and we are slugging out the day, we just wither. And we turn into raisins. 
And who really likes raisins anyway? They're disgusting. So we don't want to be raisins. We want to be those juicy grapes. And we want to pass that legacy on to our kids. Um, So our theme is abide. Would love for you to abide with us. And I just wanted to share, um, last night I was reading in Amos. It was the very last chapters of Amos. And it really felt, and I'm just going to say it, um, it felt, God, you're really bipolar sometimes. Or at least it feels that way. In, In the last chapter, God was talking about the utter destruction of Israel because they haven't been abiding in him. They've made all kinds of other gods in his place and wouldn't let him be king. And he, I mean, it is crazy destruction that you wouldn't wish on your, your worst enemy. It's horrifying. And then at the very end, he talks about, but I will restore you. You are my people. I will bring you back to a place of abundance and beauty and wonderful. I mean, just this great place. And I was like, God, that is so strange, but really that's what needs to take place in us. Oftentimes we need to be broken and we do need to be broken in order so that God could restore us and restore in us just this beautiful person who God created us to be. So on those days when you are on your knees, God, I can't do this. You've given me these kids and I just cannot be the mother to these kids. I can't be the wife to this husband. I I can't do this. I want to encourage you that that is a beautiful place. And that's where God wants to bring every single one of us to the end of ourselves, to this brokenness of realizing you don't have to be super mom. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be, um, you know, PTA queen. That God wants to bring us to the end of ourselves. He wants us to be broken so that he can restore in us something incredibly beautiful. And, and, And this as a mom is really painful too, is that instead of just praying, God, would you protect my kids? God, would you protect my kids? Releasing the white knuckled grip and saying, God, would you break my kids so that they would have this abiding, beautiful relationship with you so that when they're broken, you may build them up and restore them to something more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. So my hope today is that throughout the semester that we would come to the end of ourselves. And it's painful to be there. But in that brokenness, at that place of desperation and realizing, God, this self-reliance, this self-sufficiency, it's just not working for me me anymore. That that is a beautiful place to be. That we would come to him and abide and be grafted in and therefore grow beautiful fruit instead of withering on the vine. Um, And I'd love to introduce my friends, Judy and Jim Wimberly. I'm so excited that they're here today. Um, just the perspective that they have, that these days that we have, we get so hung up on um, which preschool our kids are going to be in or what diapers we put our kids in or what food we give our kids or if they're crawling, you know, at six months or walking or talking or, you know, if they're signing, whatever we can get hung up on. They have perspective. Those things are so fleeting. And really it's their hearts that we should be focused on. And yet there's all these things that pull us away from that attention when really what we should be concerned about is their little hearts. And it's been so sweet um, just to watch Twitter um, this summer and see Jim's tweets about his grandkids and just loving on them and continuing to pour into and instill in them just God's word and having fun with them and enjoying it. So um, be excited because Jim and Judy have beautiful perspective. You know, uh, can I put this down here? One of the things uh, she was talking about grapes and raisins is uh, as we grow older, you know, <laughs> you know, we Please may be, don't talk we about may raisins. be grapes. Uh, 
We may be grapes on the outside, but we may look a little bit like raisins on the outside. <laughs> Inside. Uh, but anyway, we are we are very happy and very glad to uh, to be with you guys here today and and just uh, talk about uh, our experiences of the highs, the lows, and the in betweens of of our parenting years. And uh, you know, abiding in Christ is a familiar phrase, but it's a much less familiar experience. And it's uh, definitely a biblical principle. And in John 15, 5, Jesus uh, talks about it, where he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit. For apart from me, or without me, you can do nothing. And certainly all of us as followers of Christ want to bear fruit. And uh, Judy and I pray daily that God will allow us to leave a godly legacy. Uh, it is clear from John 15 that uh, we not only need him in parenting, but we need him in our marriage and we need him in every part of our life. In fact, if we're going to experience success and abundance, we need to remember that apart from him we can do nothing, that we need to stay close to him, uh, the living water. And uh, just remember the phrase, without me or apart from me, you can do nothing. And uh, realizing this and living like this is what abiding in Christ is. And just think about uh, whom you're abiding in, Christ. There is no place that he cannot be involved with you. And sometimes in mothering, you feel all alone. But he can be with you through it all. And the amazing thing is, is that Christ can work through a lot of minutiae in life to bring about something that's worthwhile. And uh, what, in the stage of parenting and mothering in, you're in right now, there's a lot of minutiae in life. And so you can allow him to be part of that with you. Christ is immutable. There's no shadow or turning with him. He's constant, and he's available, and he's dependable, and he can be your counselor and your help. Doesn't that sound like someone that you need in your parenting? And as parents, we really do want to love our children well, but Christ, whose love is perfect, needs to be the source of that love. Christ is the genesis of love, and he is the source of of true godly love. Am I making that by moving or something? Me? Okay. I'll try not to move so much then. Uh, so what we're going to do today is draw from our 51 years of marriage. We just celebrated our 51st anniversary. And in a few weeks, we will reach, uh, yeah, it's a milestone. We will reach uh, 44 years of parenting in a few weeks, and we have uh, 13 years of grandparenting. So we're going to talk about what abiding in Christ has looked like and been in our experiences there. That's our family. Actually, there's one more in our family that isn't in that picture because she was born after that. But they're a fun, they're a joy, and um, we wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, one of the things that we've given you as you. a... It's me. I think it's your collar, maybe, or something. <laughs> We've given you as a handout of, uh, of abiding in Christ. And, uh, you know, just to uh, 
keep this and uh, look at those uh, verses there, and there's really some good questions for you to go over with your, uh, with your husband and uh, just see how you're doing at abiding in Christ. And uh, some of these will come out as we, as we talk through today, but we want to begin by sharing our experiences of abiding in Christ uh, in the highs and the lows and the in-betweens and start out with the in-betweens because uh, it's uh, uh, not the uh, high celebrations or the uh, low, the pits of parenting times that'll be most of the time, but it's those in-between times. And uh, we want you to encourage you to be diligent and also to be purposeful just to be building your lives upon the strong foundation of Jesus Christ during those times. Because during those in-between times, you're going to develop your theology that's going to be revealed during the highs and the lows. And uh, in the highs, you know, are we going to forget God and just think that we're the ones responsible and taking the credit for everything that's happening? Or in the lows, are we going to shake our fist in God's face and uh, blame Him for uh, all of the things that are happening? And we need to develop an accurate knowledge of God and His ways from His Word so that we'll be able to abide in Him when we get to those highs and lows. And so that's the reason that we need to spend time during these in-between times of doing that. And uh, just wanted to share with you a few of the things that uh, we found in learning to abide uh, in Christ as a couple. And uh, we call it oneness of three. It's uh, Judy and me with God in the middle. And uh, the number one thing that has helped us increase our consistency of abiding in Christ is uh, praying together. Uh, that may be God talking to us. <laughs> and, uh, what do you think that is, Les? Okay. Or is this one down here affecting us? Let's see if it is. Is that one on? Or is this one on here? It's on the floor. Can we use that? Okay. Uh, if you look on your uh, Abiding in Christ list there under P, uh, there's a... Okay, there's three verses there that uh, have greatly motivated us to pray together. And uh, we'd encourage you, if you would just purpose to, uh, as a couple, apply these three verses. Uh, and, and the first one is Colossians 4.2, and it just says, Be devoted to prayer, be a devoted prayer warrior. Philippians 4.6 says to pray about everything. And 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray all the time. And uh, praying together will have a life-changing effect on your, on your marriage and also on your ability to parent. And if you're, if you're not doing that uh, right now, we would encourage you to do it. And I wish uh, every husband was here today because uh, those guys need to take the lead uh, in in praying together. And uh, one of the things that uh, we found, if you aren't currently praying together, that it's uh, uh, it's sometimes hard to get started. It's kind of, it's sometimes awkward, 
but there's a little book uh, uh, called Two Hearts Praying is One. And uh, it's got uh, 30 different prayers written out in there that you can actually just read and pray uh, because it's been uh, uh, found that it takes 30 days to develop a habit. But that is one of the greatest habits that you'll ever develop is praying together as a couple. Now, Judy and I pray many times together during the day. We pray by phone. We pray by email. We pray by text. Uh, we, pray, we pray together. Uh, but the, for extended prayer times, we have found that the best thing for us to do is to walk and pray. And uh, what we do, and we usually do this in, in, in the morning, and uh, uh, we'll, uh, we have about a two-mile course mapped out and and uh, I will pray, and Judy will listen, and then she will pray, and I'll listen. And uh, we don't try to uh, uh, fix the other person's problem that they're praying about, or we don't try to criticize the other person and say, why in the world are you praying about that? Uh, but we just, we just listen and pray alongside of them. And uh, that has become an integral part of our relationship with each other and with the Lord and it uh, has really been a mainstay as we have uh, prayed for our children. I mean, we used to, we used to meet. Uh, I'd come at lunch, and we'd meet on a track close to where I worked, and I'd take off my tie and my white shirt, and we'd walk, we'd walk and pray. But abiding in Christ through prayer uh, has provided great uh, help and comfort to us during the, the low times, but it also is very sweet communion during those high times, too, as we celebrate. And even when our kids were little, we prayed like that in our house. Uh, the house we lived in then was kind of down, and it had it up this way and an up that way. And so we would get them in bed at night, and we would walk up a couple of houses where we could still see our house, and we'd come back down, then we'd walk up a couple of houses, and we'd just pace back and forth out there. But it was a way for us to get together and pray. So ask God. He'll help you figure out a creative way to pray together. Another thing we did as a couple and as a family to abide in Christ more consistently was that we focused and were very purposeful about learning God's names and attributes and teaching those to our children. And we would figure out a way, like we would take a name of God or an attribute, and we'd figure out a very tangible way to represent that. We put it on a card. We kept the cards in a basket by the breakfast table. And then, even when our children were preschool, we used those cards, like to pray at meals, and we'd say, who wants to thank him for... And they would take that card. What we found is when they had a card in their hand, they were very brave about praying and talking out loud to God. But it became a way for us to interpret life by knowing God's names and attributes. When something happened, we would say, what do we know about God that can help us interpret this situation? And so I brought some of the in the beginning days when we did it, this is what my cards looked like. It was an index card, and this one was that God doesn't slumber or sleep or take naps. And so we just drew a picture of a bed with an X over it, and that's the way we did it. Well, down the road, we got fancy, and here's we laminated and said, God doesn't sleep. He watches over you. 
and you don't have to worry about being afraid in the dark. Uh, this one was protector. We used an umbrella that if you stay under the umbrella of his authority over you, you'll be protected. And sometimes we would actually go out in the rain and look at the difference between having an umbrella and not. The Lord is my shepherd. And then uh, God is our shield. The boys loved this one because they loved having shields. And then one that became a family favorite that even now on our family vacations we do this. Uh, one of the boys uh, wanted to thank God for being our light, but I had put a light bulb by his um, breakfast plate. And so when he prayed that morning, he said, thank you, God, for being our light bulb. And still in our family, when we pray about God being our light, we say light bulb. Uh, this one was for that God is uh, everywhere, and we put a, an envelope with a return address, God everywhere, to just remember that um, he is always with us. So that was just a great teaching tool uh, all through the preschool years, and we still used it. And then eventually, I did a little book called The Jack Book, who can help him on sunny days and stormy days. But in it, I actually have six of his names and attributes, and it would be a great introduction if you if you think it's harder for you to just get started on something. Pick up this book. You can order it from Amazon and use it as a nighttime reading story. But it will give you six things that they very easily in preschool years can remember. And just to plug it more, uh, some of you may know Sally Dean. She actually did the illustrations, and they are beautiful in the book. So they're even fun for the kids to see there. But just look, be creative about a way to get to know God better. Now, um, we want to encourage you in these in-between times to increase using the Bible as your handbook for parenting. You know, there's so much material out there about parenting, and some of it's good and some of it will be extremely helpful. But just make the Bible your primary handbook. And what we suggest you do is you just buy an inexpensive Bible and you just mark on it that it's going to be your uh, parenting handbook, Abiding in Christ Bible. And then you just leave it somewhere handy with a pen always there. And just sometimes when you have two seconds, just sit down, open it, underline a verse, date it, and pray that for your parenting. Now, I'm going to let James hold the mic just a minute so I can open this. But this is ours from the kids growing up. And I'm just going to flip through it to just see, show you how marked it is. And we had four kids, and we read Busy Lives. But you will be surprised how much time you can gather if you just look at it in two-minute episodes. And so this book is a treasure because it has all the things that we were marking and praying. And in this one, uh, this was Psalms 36 through 41, and James wrote in here um, that he was praying for us in parenting that we would be able to teach and train our children to stay above the waterline of circumstances because these chapters were about depression and they were psalms that were good for depression. And so just start now. Get a blank Bible and begin to underline and mark and date and pray. We just used initials of our children. Now we use initials of our grandchildren. We have some favorite family verses that just we, through the years have become go-tos, our defaults. One of them I, I said at the retreat, it's still one of our favorites is Psalm 118, 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And as a mom, I use that tons. And especially after they go to sleep, it is a wonderful thing to go stand by the bed of your most difficult child of the day 
and say to this verse out loud, but change it to, this is the child, this is the child that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in him or her. And it would erase tons of frustration. And I would be able to face the next day with that child once I'd remembered that. Another thing we did as a family was to memorize Psalm 127 because it just helps you, especially in all the busy times. And we would just pray it as a family. Lord, if you don't build this family, we're going to fail. Unless you don't watch over this family, we're staying awake in vain. And it's foolish for us to get up early and go to bed late and eat the bread of sorrow because you give to your beloved sleep. So, Lord, these children are a gift from you. We recognize that. They are a reward. But you will have to worry about them tonight. We are going to bed. We will abide in you, and we'll pick it up again tomorrow. For scary times, we all learned Joshua 1.9, and I cannot tell you how many lows that we have quoted that. Be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, Another verse that really helped me in the time period that you are in mothering right now is Nehemiah 6.3. Nehemiah was working up on the wall, and he was that was his purpose. He knew God had called him to that, and people kept trying to get him to come down. And Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 6.3, I can't stop. I am doing a great work. Parenting and mothering is a great work. It's a divine calling. It's a stewardship from the Lord, and there are just many times that things try to distract you, and you need to ask the Lord to help you say, I can't come down right now. I can't do that right now. I can't stop. I'm doing a great work that the Lord has called me to. And that has helped me so much. And what I would tell you now from this perspective, I'm going to be 70 on my birthday, that he has given me more opportunity to do more than ever dreamed or really maybe even wanted to once we got past those intense parenting years. But what we want to encourage you is use God's word to form your path for parenting. That way, God's word is defining your day. Otherwise, you are going to see life through the lens of hormones, paydays, whether or not the sun's out, whether the kids are all sleeping and not screaming, etc., Another thing we'd uh, like to encourage you to do during these in-between times is nurture your marriage and, uh, you know, get away together, uh, you know, for for date nights. But then one of the things that we would do every year, and uh, we'd do it on our anniversary, is get some people out of the community group to care for our children, and we'd go away for a a long weekend. And... uh, We'd evaluate things like uh, how are we parenting, uh, how are we doing with uh, uh, just our marriage. Uh, We'd evaluate uh, how we're giving. Uh, We'd evaluate uh, uh, just things at work, and we'd set goals and objectives for the coming year. And a great thing, if you had one of those weekends away, would be to take this Abiding in Christ handout that you've got and just go through and ask those questions. How are we doing individually, and how are we doing as a couple uh, in these areas? Another thing we'd encourage you to do is, is nurture your family unit. 
And uh, while we all want to abide individually with Christ and we want to abide as a couple with Christ, then you also want to abide as a family in Christ. And uh, some of the things that we did to accomplish that is, uh, is have ministry with children that was more or less a life stage ministry. And one of the things we did when the children were small is uh, Judy had a good news club in our house for 15 years. And uh, my job every Tuesday morning was to set, uh, uh, clean out the den so all the kids would have a place to sit down and then put the sign out front that says good news club meets here. But you know the amazing thing? There are uh, kids' friends now as adults that are following hard after Christ that came to know Jesus in Ms. Wimberly's Good News Club. And, uh, you know, then we moved to a stage of where it was Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so we had opened up our home to host those events. And I remember one night that uh, 100 kids showed up, much many more than we expected. And, and uh, there was a number of them that accepted Christ that evening. And uh, the coach took him outside under a pine tree outside uh, our house, and he called it the saving tree, uh, where these kids prayed to receive Christ. And then from that, uh, we didn't have young life at our high school, but we had student venture, Campus Crusade. And so the, the kids were involved in there. And just to see uh, kids that you would think would never come to know Christ because of the family environment they were in, come to know Jesus. And uh, during those high school years, too, we participated in uh, international student ministries. So we always had a couple of international students, and it gave our children an opportunity to uh, be able to meet people from other countries and pray for them and learn about other cultures. But uh, all of those things uh, still today are memories that our children talk about of those different events that we had uh, of them just growing up. So, you know, involve your children in those things. Uh, one of the other things we did is uh, when the kids got to be teenagers, I traveled quite a bit, and we had a marker board in the kitchen. And this is actually one of them that was hanging out in the garage, and it had Colossians 3, 2 on it. It says, set your affections on things above, not on things of this world. And then we had put praying for... Uh, the four J's, our children, on there. And what would often happen, too, is a kid's neighbor kid would come by that all, all read that, and they would sometimes add their initials in there, too. And so that became a, uh, uh, a real neat thing that uh, uh, drew kids from around the neighborhood in to see what it said. We also wanted our children to abide as much as possible at our home and so we always uh, told our kids, you can invite children home at any time, and especially on the weekends. And what that meant is that Judy and I blocked out the weekends just for our children. And uh, we stocked the cupboards from Sam's with uh, drinks and snacks and just had uh, no telling how many kids, you know, would travel through our house on the weekends. But those were all special times and also, too, you know, times that we could see what our children were doing and also have an influence over that rather than them being somewhere else. Uh, also during those times, and even now, we prayed for character qualities for the kids, and we 
ask God to help us focus on character more than on accomplishments. And so we had different time periods where for a year we would pick out, like on our anniversary, we'd pick out character qualities for the kids to pray for. And we would put them on a sheet and laminate it, and we would put it inside the cabinet door in the kitchen that we opened the most. So when you opened that um, door, you would see it, and it would prompt us to pray for them. Now our community group, which we have met with for 35 years, uh, this year we are praying for all of our grandchildren and picked out character qualities for them and laminated it on a sheet. And we every time we meet on Monday night, we pray for them. So abiding in Christ What you want to do is to focus on Christ-like character developing in them and to be aware you know them so well, you will have no trouble picking out something, a positive quality that you see you want to enhance, and you'll have no trouble picking a negative quality that you want to pray that God will bring under the umbrella of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want you to be overwhelmed by the things we've talked about in this in-between section because, remember, we're telling you things from 43 years, soon to be 44 years of parenting. But we do want you to walk away today and have a commitment in your mind to be purposeful about pursuing abiding in Christ as a couple and pursuing it abiding in Christ in your parenting, and to look for ways that fit in with your life stage to be able to process that abiding in Christ. During especially this intense period where you have small margins of time, it's just something very small. Like Desi said, the five minutes you might have in the bathroom, wherever you can find, while you fold clothes. Folding clothes is a great time to be able to pray and process and think. Um, So we just want you to leave today thinking, what's the next step I would take in abiding in Christ? And, uh, you know, let's move to the uh, next section, which would be the lows of parenting. And uh, I'd call them the pits of parenting. And uh, the one thing that we have discovered is that uh, uh, in the lows, you don't create your theology in in those. You reveal... your theology is revealed. And that's the reason that you want to develop your theology during those in-between times. And lows will definitely come. And you may be experiencing highs right now, and praise the Lord for that. But Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world there is trouble or there is tribulation. But he said, take courage, I have overcome the world. And uh, time and time again... Judy and I have found that regardless of uh, uh, whether a low was in uh, the pit of parenting or just in the pit of life, that God has always been so, so very faithful to us when we have trusted in him. So some things that can help you in those lows. First of all, to remember that what you see in scripture is that being a parent is a gift and it is a reward from the Lord. These children are on loan to us. We do not own them. We are stewards of them. And that will help you deal with the lows uh, because you recognize God as being the owner. And it helped us to respond in faith to him because we know that he hasn't promised to protect us from what he knows can perfect us. And so anytime, even if it's just a day, you're just having a down day. You just come back to, Lord, I'm going to trust you that you are at work and that uh, 
this child is a gift. Sometimes I had to mentally put that child in a box, wrap it up, put a bow on it, and open it and see that face and say, you are a gift. I had to stop and do that sometimes just during the day because I, was, I would be so fixated on what I wanted to change in them. A great verse that, uh, that helped us during these times and still helps us today is Philippians 1.6. And it says, uh, for I'm convinced of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And uh, we need to realize that God is the one who starts a good work in us, and he's the one that completes it in us. And so in each child, as they uh, trust in Christ, just remember that it's God who has a responsibility to uh, carry it on until the day of Christ Jesus. And uh, one of the things that uh, is hard to grasp is that his agenda is more important than our agenda. And uh, that spiritual truth uh, forced us to face the... uh, what our agenda was time and time again, and often it was not his agenda, and we found that it took some work. It took some prompting of the Holy Spirit, uh, getting into God's Word, and also the encouragement from community to uh, just come to a place where our desire was for our children just to follow hard after Christ and surrender our agenda and our expectations of what we wanted them to be and what we wanted them to do. Another uh, thing that helped us abide in Christ in the lows was uh, just to uh, accept God's sovereignty and, uh, you know, just learn more about uh, a God who is in control of everything. And we had a saying in our home of God is large and he's in charge. And, uh, you know, one of the things, a great verse to uh, memorize is, uh, is Luke one thirty seven. It says, nothing is impossible with God. So regardless of how, uh, you know, big the problem seems with a child or whatever the problem is, is to pray because God can make a change in that. And... Uh, Abiding in the fact of eternity where all things are going to be made right is another thing that has helped us abide in Christ. Because, you know, there's a day coming of when there's going to be no tears, no suffering, no pain, no death. And uh, that has been a strong denominator in our uh, parenting uh, years, especially during those low times. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says... Uh, says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, the mind cannot imagine what uh, the Lord has in store uh, for us who love him. And uh, just remember that marker board. You know, it had Colossians 3, 2 on it. Uh, Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. And what we'd encourage you to do that will be a tremendous help in your parenting is keep an eternal perspective. And we had a very big low in our uh, marriage before we became parents because James and I were not on the same page. Uh, He did not become a believer until we had been married for uh, seven years. Uh, Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together if you uh, can't agree on the direction? And the answer to that is no. And when Judy and I got married, we definitely were not on the same page or going the same direction 
Uh, I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus uh, personally. And my passion and pursuit was making money and uh, being successful. And I thought I had it made in a company until my mentor got fired and uh, my dreams went up in smoke. And in my disappointment, I knew that uh, purpose in life must come from spiritual things because I observed the peace that I saw in, uh, in Judy's life uh, as she uh, continued to follow Christ in those first seven years of our marriage. And about this time, a guy from Campus Crusade for Christ knocked on uh, our door, and he asked uh, if I would support him or we would support him, and we would also be a part of a Bible study. And thinking that'd be a good way to get on God's uh, good side, I said, sure we will. And uh, it wasn't long after that until he had us in the Bible study. We were memorizing a little booklet, and uh, the booklet was called The Four Spiritual Laws. And and that has a different cover on it, and it's called Connecting with God. And on law number two there, it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I was waiting in the parking lot at SMU one night for Judy, memorizing this little booklet, and uh, all of a sudden it's like God turned a light on in my mind and my heart. And I realized I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And at that point in time, I just said, you know, God, forgive me of my sins. I want you to come into my life and make me the man that you want me to be. And, uh, you know, that night, uh, uh, sitting in the car, God changed my life and changed my direction. I made a U-turn where Judy and I now began to walk on the same path and head in the same direction And, uh, you know, that little booklet, uh, there's some in the back. If uh, some of you are not sure, if if you really have made that decision, if you just know about Jesus and don't know him personally, or or your spouse doesn't, take that booklet along and uh, read through it and talk about that because that really is a starting point for a successful marriage and a success in parenting your children. Now, as a wife, how do we abide if we're not on the same page? What helped me during those seven years was prayer and community. I had a Sunday school teacher who really encouraged me to pray for James and to wait. And she helped me see that I was not his Holy Spirit, but to let God work on him. I think a good visual picture of this is... When wives play Holy Spirit in our husband's lives, it's like sticking a big wad of chewed gum to his foot. And God may be trying to get his attention, but he can't focus on God because he's stuck in the mess of the gum with us being his Holy Spirit. So regardless of where your husband is spiritually, whether he's a believer or not a believer, whether he's growing or standing still spiritually, whether he's a born leader or he's learning to be a leader, I would encourage you to pray the character qualities that God lists for a mature man in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. And I made just a plan, a prayer plan, that I would take one of those a month and I would just focus on praying that for James. And even though your husband is nowhere near anything on that list, that is faith. To just ask God, will you be working in his life to bring these about? And at the same time, you need to pray, what do you need to change in me for you to be free 
to work on that. Uh, another thing is respect him as the leader in your home because God has given him that role. And take your questions to him. Even if he's not interested in spiritual things, ask his opinion and value his opinion and trust God. Uh, give him the opportunity to lead. But put your confidence in the Lord. And it really doesn't matter where your husband is spiritually. James and I, we still have to do this. Our confidence has to be in the Lord, not in each other. And here is something that I just have found through 51 years of marriage. Never speak more about your husband to anyone than you do the Lord. And just let that be a good checkpoint for you. Whatever is bugging you about him, make sure you're talking more to the Lord about it than you're talking to your mother or your girlfriends or at lunch or just, you know, to the checker at the store. Just be sure that you're speaking more to God about him than anyone else. <clears throat> and you're laughing, but I've, you would have some examples of watching that happen too. The other thing we would say about Lowe's is do not fear failure. When the spirit is at work, God is at work. And God is always redemptive in his work. And so even in the pits of the worst circumstances, God will be redeeming something. And through failure, we have to look back and say we have learned the most precious things about God in those failures. And we've gained the clearest reality of our true selves because otherwise you're kind of going around just in oblivion a little bit and so don't fear failure and uh, don't let it define your marriage or your parenting but let it be a tool for you to say okay God I want to know more about you and myself in it and the uh, deepest low of our parenting is that we have one of our children that has uh, turned away from the Lord and has uh, turned away from the family, and is completely isolated from uh, Judy and myself and the entire family. And it's, uh, it has not been a pretty picture and has been a very, very sad thing. Um, it, uh, it's, a, it's a time that God has showed us many, many things about ourselves. And uh, it has helped us to really abide in Christ because, quite frankly, if... Uh, if all four children uh, were like the other three, uh, I'd probably think I was the best parent in the world. Uh, and you come to realize that it, it's God uh, is the one that uh, uh, has to parent through you. And uh, one of the things that we found uh, during this long course of a lot of struggles with this child is that it took uh, just relying on God's word, relying on prayer, relying on community, uh, without those things, we couldn't have made it uh, through all of that. So you cannot rely on your feelings, your circumstances, uh, your wants or your desires. And one of the things that's a great thing to do is if uh, you just take a, uh, a blank picture frame and you put uh, uh, God is great up one side and God is good over the, over the top and then on the canvas, uh, just... Uh, uh, whatever the difficulty with that child is, uh, put it on the canvas, but look at it through the lens of God is good and God is great. And uh, just once again, going to back to that verse of nothing is impossible for him. Uh, and in the midst of, uh, 
uh, a child that is uh, not following Christ or not being obedient to, uh, uh, to your parenting, uh, that's another time just to thank God in the midst of that situation. We're over in Philippians uh, 4, 6. It says, thank him in everything. And that's not because we feel like it, but it's because God tells us to. Now, here are some, some of the lows just stated in general ways as we kind of look back over our years of parenting. And uh, uh, when we uh, were first married, we weren't able to have children. And so that was a, a low time. And uh, then we went through the times of rebellious children, uh, serious illness of children. And then parents who are ill uh, during our parenting years uh, we call those sandwich years. Uh, our, we had aging parents at the same time we had teenagers, and those were very difficult times. And then going through a demanding job that required a lot of travel. And then children that uh, had trouble making friends. And then children that had trouble making good grades. And uh, children that made foolish decisions and foolish choices. And then also uh, the divorce of a child. Now, in the early days of parenting and the stage that you're in, lows can just be a day where you have a cranky baby or a whiny child all day. Sometimes your lows are just fears that lurk in you about parenting, and they're just emotional things and mental things about your children and what you're thinking about parenting. But ask yourself, what makes me low feeling about parenting? And then... Pull some passages, some verses that would help you when those feelings and struggles come. And then let those lows be a doorbell that just calls you quickly to go to those passages. Because Satan does want to distract you with lies. That God doesn't love you, God doesn't love your child, and you're not doing a good job parenting. So you need to have some verses ready to go to quickly when those feelings come. And sharing in community, just like you do when you come here to the nest, will help you. As I said, we've been in the same community group for 35 years. We raised our families together. We have stood shoulder to shoulder with each other through many lows in parenting. And uh, even sometimes now on Monday night, some of them will flood back and we will just thank God again for helping us through that low or for how we helped each other through those. We could not have done it without prayer, without God's word, and without community. So don't hide your lows. Be appropriate in discussing them with people who can be part of the solution, but be honest with them. We always said that in community, a sorrow is divided and a joy is multiplied. And really, Sometimes it's just fun to talk about the fun things about your kids. And a community who loves you and who's part of parenting with you by prayer and standing with you wants to share those joys with you. Well, we saved the uh, best thing for last, and that's the highs. And uh, that's when you come together as a husband and wife and said, man, isn't parenting great? But, you know, those are probably the most dangerous times because... Uh, those are the times that we may take the credit for what has happened rather than giving God the credit. And uh, we become less dependent on him. But those are the times that we need to remember to uh, just thank him and praise him for his mercy, his grace, and the good gifts that uh, he has provided to us. 
And uh, as we look back on, uh, you know, highs of raising children, uh, probably the greatest high of all is children trusting in Christ. And uh, then the joy and excitement of family vacations, and we still do that every year. And you cannot put a price on a memory. Uh, the joy of a kid making a team, uh, winning an event, uh, family members showing kindness and consideration toward each other, making good grades, uh, overcoming a hurdle or a struggle. And uh, one of the verses we had them all memorized was Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or complaining. So we always celebrated that when it happened. And then... Uh, then weddings and uh, then grandbabies being born and just the joy of grandchildren. And then watching our children parent now. And then uh, just seeing them do the hard things required that uh, get a delayed return. And just seeing uh, our children outgrow childish ways as they mature in Christ. And, uh, and probably the greatest thing now is just watching them follow hard uh, after Jesus Christ. And in your family, be a celebrating family. Celebrate everything that you can celebrate. And look for excuses to celebrate. And it can be easy celebrations. Maybe it's just having a popsicle together to celebrate something that's happened, or popcorn, uh, or going to the park. So look for ways that you as a family can celebrate some high that God is doing in your life. And look for those frequently and do it. So we've just tried to share with you an overview of what abiding in Christ has looked like for us. Now, my understanding is that as the nest progresses this year, you're going to begin to look at specific areas and how to abide in Christ in those. So what we wanted to do for you this morning was just to cast vision that God is faithful. He's worthy of abiding in. And he, draw, he longs for us to abide in him. But we need to be purposeful and to be committed to saying, Lord, I do want to abide in you. Teach me how and help me find one step or two steps to take in doing that. So we just want to uh, conclude with just a, an acrostic for abide. And the A being ask God to help you abide in him. That is definitely a prayer God wants to answer for you. B, have a biblical view of parenting from the Bible. Don't let your view of parenting be set by culture or the magazines at the checkout stand or even your own background or your own feelings. I, increase your intimacy as a couple with each other and with God. And you must be purposeful about that. Boats, if they're not tied up or anchored well, will drift and your marriage will drift and even uh, your intimacy with God will drift if you're not being purposeful. Then the D for delight in the gift of parenting. It really is a gift. And dwell in the nature and the name of God while parenting. He is totally sufficient to take care of it. Corey Timboom has a saying where she said, go look in the mirror and express your problem and then just say, God isn't big enough to take care of it. It will make you start laughing. He is. But knowing his names and dwelling in his names and attributes will help. E, emphasize what will last in your parenting. And, you know, we could make tons of lists of the trivia. But emphasize character. You want them to follow Christ and become more and more Christ-like. 
God's word lasts forever. The souls of people last forever. So emphasize those things in your family. And then also just enjoy the journey with the Lord. Parenting makes you go to the Lord and be in his presence and seek him. And that's a great gift. So enjoy it. And just remember to abide in him because apart from him, you can do nothing. Let me pray for y'all, okay? Father, uh, I do just pray for every person in this room and every family. And uh, Lord, um, our desire uh, would be that uh, all of us would just uh, have a closer walk with you, that we would abide with you, that we would realize that apart from you, we can do nothing. And uh, Father, we do just pray that uh, uh, as a result, uh, couples here would, if they're praying together, they'd start praying more together and uh, just see your hand at work uh, in, uh, in their parenting and in their marriage. And, uh, Father, we do pray that uh, you would allow every family here to uh, leave a godly legacy, a godly heritage, a high watermark for Jesus Christ. And we pray that uh, every generation that lives until you return would come to know Jesus and follow hard after him and just participate with you in many coming into your kingdom. And, uh, Lord, we know that you're the one that changes hearts. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that you would change the hearts of every child and every generation that would come from these families that are here gathered this morning. And, Father, we just pray that... uh, You would encourage them through your word, your spirit, through the body of Christ. And, Lord, that uh, it would be a great day that they spend with their children and uh, just realizing that they are a gift from you. And, Lord, we thank you for those gifts. And uh, most of all, we thank you for the greatest gift of all, which is the gift of salvation that you provided to us through your son, Jesus. We just thank you and pray in a risen Savior's name. Amen. Thank you all. They're just fabulous. Um, Table leaders, on your table, you should have questions. And so we'll spend the next 15, 20 minutes going over those questions. And then um, we'll come back up for some Q&A with the Wimberleys. Thanks.